A special thanks goes out to the folks at Spotify for bringing you this podcast. Hello again, everyone. Today, we talk about television at its funniest. I'm Tom Zania, and this is Tom Read Your Story. Coming to you almost live, it's time once again for Tom Read Your Story, the number one spoken word podcast on the web for audiobooks, social media posts, current events, and just plain whatever. So let's start the show. For the next half hour, I'll be your host. I'm voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And we are back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Tom Reads Your Story. I'm Tom Zania, an actor and a podcaster and a guy with a microphone. (laughs) He doesn't know how often he should be using it, but he still is. Uh, That's me. (laughs) I I, uh, am very glad that you're joining us today here at Tom Reads Your Story. Um, we, um, We greatly hope, by the way, uh, that your new year is starting off right. Mine is, I don't know. I, I i can't say it's starting off bad, but I can't really say it's starting off great. Some kind of in the middle somewhere. It's sort of uneventful so far. I got things I'm trying to accomplish in only so much, so many hours in a day. And uh, doing this uh, for you, and for myself, is uh, is a good thing. It makes me feel good to be able to talk to you and with you about uh, certain things going on. Speaking of certain things going on, do you watch a lot of TV? I, I you know, I I don't because I work nights in a job, and I don't get home until late at night, like two in the morning. And so I don't really watch whatever is, I don't have cable and I don't uh, have time to watch anything because as soon as I get home, I'm buried on my computer with whatever. And so I, I, I really don't have time for it. I suppose if I had a DVR, I could record things that I really want to see. I don't have Netflix anymore because I got tackled in that um, password sharing uh, scandal that happened on Netflix recently. So I don't have a a, a password anymore. Uh, I used to have one from a friend, a work friend in a certain job I used to have. And um, well, that's all done now. So I'm not, uh, I don't subscribe to Netflix. I probably should now. Uh, There's been a few things I'd like to see, but anyway, uh, television for me, for the most part is just one of those things that happens. If I have absolutely nothing else to do, uh, like the other day I watched some regular network TV. I think it was NBC or something like that. And it was in the evening when I didn't have work to go to. And, uh, 
So I was watching different things uh, on the network television. Um, but the, probably the biggest thing I did watch, and of course this was back in the 90s, the biggest thing I did watch on the networks was Seinfeld. Seinfeld for me is, or excuse me, was the best sitcom out there. Uh, I mean, it, uh, it was just beautifully acted. It was beautifully uh, written. Uh, Larry David, of course, was the, the, head writer and producer of the show. <clears throat> and uh, I always loved it. Uh, it was, it had an original tone to it. It was something that I looked forward to every week, every Thursday it was on when it was on. And I always just enjoyed whatever it was. I probably have memorized most of the stories. Um, about Seinfeld. I actually met the soup Nazi um, who was over on, let's see, what was that? Was that 8th Avenue? 8th Avenue and 53rd, I think. And uh, I went to get soup there uh, before. This was before it got franchised out and uh, is really expensive now. But when I went over there, it was fairly reasonably priced for New York, for Midtown Manhattan uh, prices. And I went there, and there the guy was. And he looked like the guy. <clears throat> he looked like the guy that you used to see on that episode of Seinfeld. He didn't have a mustache, but otherwise looked the same way. <laughs> and uh, he said, what do you want? No, that that kind of thing. And uh, I had some of their soup and I probably went back there. I don't know, a few more times, not a lot, but a few more times. And uh, so that's, that's one connection I have to the show. <laughs> the other connection that I have to Seinfeld is I used to live when I first moved to New York, I shared an apartment uh, at 125th and Broadway, which is now a really nice little area. And um, the restaurant that Jerry and his friends, the other characters in the show, used to hang out at was a place called Tom's Diner. They called it Monks on the show. Uh, it was at 116th and Broadway. And I used to, um, I used to go there a lot, actually. Um, I mean, it's, I wouldn't call it a cheap diner. It's, it was a nice little place and it looks a little bit like it did on TV and, uh, it's still there because, well, it's famous now for the TV show and, um, it's a good place to go and I highly recommend I recommend their food. It's very good. Uh, so that's another connection to um, Seinfeld. I don't, the only other connection, a very brief connection was I saw a performance of the play Art. And I can remember, 
the guy who played Newman, uh, Wayne Knight, was one of the leads in art. So there's a little connection there, very faint, but I mean, it's there. And I saw that play, which I <clears throat> I kind of dozed off during, but um, <laughs> that, that's my third, <clears throat> the third small connection. Um, but it, it was such a popular show. And there is something I want to share with you. There are certain facts about Seinfeld that I think a lot of people might not know that might find a little interesting. Uh, one of my my uh, cousins saw an article in which you learn a little bit more about Seinfeld, uh, about little Seinfeld tidbits. From interestingfacts.com, 10 amazing facts you might not know about Seinfeld. For a show about nothing, it sure was something. The NBC sitcom Seinfeld charmed viewers for 180 episodes throughout nine seasons from 1989 to 1998 by leaning into the banal realities of the everyday. During its run, Seinfeld averaged a staggering 30 million viewers each week, with more than 76 million people tuning into the finale. The brainchild of comedian Jerry Seinfeld and writer-producer Larry David, the original idea was to create a 90-minute special meant to air in Saturday Night Live's time slot. But as the two got to work, they realized that was a long time to sustain their idea about a show about a comedian. So it turned into a half-hour sitcom. The pitch for the show, the real pitch, when Larry and I went to NBC in 1988, was, we want to show how a comedian gets his material. Seinfeld said in a Reddit AMA in 2014, the show about nothing was just a joke in an episode many years later, and Larry and I, to this day, are surprised that it caught on as a way that people describe the show. Because to us, it's the opposite of that. However it's described, much of the lovability of the show rests in its strong characters, Seinfeld playing a fictionalized version of himself, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as his sarcastic ex Elaine Bennis, Jason Alexander as his insecure best friend George Costanza, and Michael Richards as his oddball neighbor, Cosmo Kramer. Here, we look back at 10 facts about the groundbreaking sitcom. Number one, Elaine wasn't in the pilot episode. The first episode was missing a significant part of the famous foursome Elaine. However, there was another female character, a waitress named Claire, who worked at the diner where Jerry and George would hang out. Even with Claire in the pilot, it's widely reported that Elaine came to be because the first episode was too male-centric, while Rosie O'Donnell, Patricia Heaton, and Megan Mullally were all considered for the part. It was Louis Dreyfus' close ties to David during their joint time at Saturday Night Live that led to the gig. When David came to her with the Seinfeld character, Louis Dreyfus was immediately intrigued by the writing. 
It was unlike anything on television at the time, she said. Number two, Kramer's name was originally Kessler. In season four, during the whole show within a show pilot, there's a storyline in which Kramer will only let himself be depicted if he can play himself. As it turns out, that was based on a real situation that Seinfeld dealt with at the start of the show. The comedian had based the wacky character of his real neighbor, Kenny Kramer, who would only let him use his name if he could play himself. So in the pilot episode, Richard's character is referred to as Kessler after it was worked out, and the real Kramer was paid $1,000. The name was switched. Number three. The theme song for each episode is different. For the first seven seasons, every episode started with Seinfeld doing a stand-up routine. But what only eagle-eared listeners will notice is that the theme song was made to match those monologues, which means every single episode had a slightly different one. Composer Jonathan Wolfe used instruments like the bass, plus his fingers and mouth, to improvise the sounds and sync them to Seinfeld's stand-up timing to build a simple melody that could easily start and stop for jokes. I have no idea how many themes we did for Seinfeld, he told Great Big Story. The timing, the length, had to be adjustable in a way it would still hold water and still sound like the Seinfeld theme. Number four, Elaine's hair was inspired by Helena Bonham Carter. Elaine's curls were one of her most distinctive features, and Louis Dreyfus had gotten the idea from an unusual place, Helena Bonham Carter, in the 1985 film A Room with a View. I thought it was incredibly beautiful, and it was, Louis Dreyfus said. I thought, that's how I'm going to do my hair. It's so incredible. That's where that thing came from, the big wall of hair, and it kept growing and growing. Number five, Jerry Stiller wasn't always George's dad. So much of George's character is enveloped by his parents, played by Estelle Harris and Jerry Stiller. But Stiller wasn't the elder Costanza from the start. In the first appearance of the character in season four, he was played by veteran TV, film, and theater actor John Randolph. While Alexander says he adored Randolph, he thought that John actually looked more like my grandfather than my father. After one episode, they moved on to a second actor who wasn't noteworthy before Stiller officially came along in season five. He's my favorite character on the show, Alexander said. He doesn't even know how good he is. He added that Stiller often had trouble remembering his lines, but that worked out for the best. The lines would come back to him in little stutter steps, so they would come out in little stutter steps. What you were seeing was his own growing anxiety and frustration with his own memory that got translated into the disdain for the world that Frank Costanza had. Number six, the soup Nazi may not have been a Seinfeld fan. With everyday life so often inspiring the storylines, one of the most famous was the soup Nazi, who insisted his customers order in a very particular way or else no soup for you. Spike Ferriston, who wrote the episode, had often visited Al Yagana's soup shop, now called the Original Soup Man, on 55th Street in New York City, 
and experienced the stern service himself. He was kind of a mean guy, but on that day he said, No soup for you, Ferriston said. I was so bewildered, like, what? I don't understand. I've got money. You're selling stuff. It made for perfect comedy fodder. But Yagana was not a fan of the depiction, telling CNN the use of the word was a disgrace to the human race. That said, he eventually used the sitcom's success to draw visitors to his restaurant, even including its hashtag in the store's Instagram bio. Number seven, Louis Dreyfus practiced Elaine's dance in a mirror. In the season eight episode, The Little Kicks, it was simply written that Elaine had really bad dance moves. But Louis Dreyfus did her homework. The night before the table read, I had the script and frankly, I just stood in front of a mirror and tried to do movements that looked really bad, she said. People approach me about the dance all the time. Her response? No way. Number eight. The first and last conversations between Jerry and George in the series were the same. In a full circle moment, the first scene of the series started in a coffee shop with Jerry telling George that a button on his shirt was too high and that it makes or breaks the shirt since it's in no man's land. And in the very last scene of the finale, when they're all sitting in a jail cell, he alludes to it again, saying, the second button is the key button. It literally makes or breaks the shirt. As the camera pans back, George says, haven't we had this conversation before? To which Jerry ends the series with, maybe we have. Number nine, the puffy shirt is in the Smithsonian. The most memorable wardrobe item from the sitcom is no doubt the ruffled shirt that Jerry agreed to wear during a Today Show appearance that Kramer said looks better than anything you own. Now that memorable item is part of the Smithsonian National Museum of American History collection, though it wasn't the first item that was offered. The producers offered Jerry's apartment refrigerator covered with magnets. Museum curator Dwight Blocker Bowers said, We realized that this was too ungainly an object for the museum to accommodate. We countered with the puffy shirt because it is a costume representative of the show and of its leading player. Number 10. The four stars made the decision to end the show. The show's mark on pop culture remained strong throughout its run, but it was the cast who knew it was time to wrap things up. Seinfeld called his three co-stars into his dressing room during season nine, and they just looked at one another and knew. We've had a lot of good fortune here. Maybe we shouldn't push our luck too far, he said. And we all agreed that this was the right moment. And I remember it's the only time we all got together in a dressing room, the four of us, to make that decision. That was powerful. It's a decision Seinfeld doesn't regret, recalling when a cab driver once asked him why they ended on top. I said to him, well, I was at a point we had done it for nine years, and I realized I could go off the air right now, and the show could be a legend, he said. I could be a legend of the sitcom world, or I could make some more money. 
And that's why the show remains a legend. And for the many Seinfeld fans, well, Jerry Seinfeld in particular, there will be a residency uh, put on by Jerry at the Beacon Theater, the fabulous Beacon Theater on Broadway near Lincoln Center. Uh, starting January 12th and going to March 9th. And that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Read Your Story. Portions were pre-recorded. Tell your friends if you enjoyed your visit today because we always are looking for new ones. Thank you, Spotify, for this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Let's close today's episode with the music of Seinfeld. I'm Tom Zania for... Tom, read your story. Thanks for coming. Bye now. This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.